0: wonderful to be here. We had a good service, right? First service was amazing. Yep. I wish we could be recorded it so I could just sit there and someone press play (laughs) so I could hear it back myself. God really got a grip of me and it was amazing. And I endeavor for him to do that again today. I want to deny myself, pick up my cross, follow him, put down the flesh, let God raise me up and let him just equip each and every one of us here. I'm super blessed to be here. Jen, can you just come up and greet the people? Is my wonderful wife, Jen. Let's give it up for Jen.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It's really nice to be with you all. We love you guys. We always feel at home when we're here. So it's really nice. Um, probably about six months ago, I think, since we were last here. Um, so last night I was just climbing into bed and I asked the Lord... Is there anything he'd like to say to his people here today? And I felt him impress something on me. And um, I just want to share it really quickly. It'll only take a couple of minutes. But if you get me, I love to talk on the blood, the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, it just... Makes me cry when I think of our precious Savior and all He did for us. And I was like emotional at the back there with a couple of those songs because He's just so good, isn't He? And then you'd also get like the power and authority that we get because of that blood, because of who He is, because of the Holy Spirit. But I felt the Lord just impress on me last night to say to you guys, and I think it's to His body, and it's certainly to me as well um to attend to the oil in our lamps Amen. Amen. that's what i felt him impress on me and it was so powerful and i think if we do that the best way i can think of doing that is just being in his presence that gives me oil in our that gives us oil in our lamps being with him attending to his presence putting him first place giving him priority in our lives and i think You know, there's nothing more powerful than we can do than attend to that oil. So when he returns, we will just run and meet him, throw our arms around him, you know, and just be, oh, Jesus. And I think something I thought of was, this is me, this bit now. So that was the Lord. Um, But I also thought second place was, let's live our lives, giving eternity the importance That it deserves. Living in the light of eternity changes everything. And I just thought of some practical ways that we could do that. So, walking in love, following his ways, living in the upside down kingdom, so everything the flesh wants to do, we do the opposite usually. Um, Keeping short accounts with the Lord, walking and asking him for wisdom and understanding, fear of the Lord not fear of man. I think sometimes the biggest tools the enemy's got against the body is fear and taking offense. If we can master those two things, I think we'll set this world on fire, to be honest. Um, Fulfilling the plans, asking him to help us fulfill the plans and callings he's got for each of us to do while we're here and renewing our minds with the word and walking in faith. So I just wanted to share that with you guys today. We love you. And I would be disobedient if I didn't. That let's just attend to the oil in our lamps. Let's just be filled with the fragrance of his presence. I think sometimes when we just do that, just walking out there, people see the difference in us anyway. That strikes up a conversation. And also living in the light of eternity, listening to people who have been given these gifts by the Lord, like Andrew, he's an evangelist. He's going to equip you now to be different and to go out and do what we can for next week for for our life, to live a lifestyle of reaching out, get everything that God's put in here out of here. So anyway, I love you guys. Andrew, come and I don't want to take any more time. God bless
0: you, Jen. God bless you, sweetheart. It's really good having a spiritual wife. Jen's getting downloads while she's in bed. And I was watching UFC. (coughs) I was on YouTube. I'm just kidding, guys. Jen's awesome. I love you, Jen. Fantastic. It's great having a godly wife. It really helps. It's wonderful. Jen was raised in a Christian home, unlike me. Jen's dad is Jeff, right at the back up there. Give us a wave, Jeff. There's my wonderful father-in-law. And because we're actually on holiday here, we have our caravan over in Kelvin and Hatch. So we're here for a month, we're here, then we're in South End on Sea next week. The week after that, we're in Chelmsford. The week after that, we're in Wickford. So we have our dog with us. So if you see a beagle who's broke loose and he's running around the church, know that he's ours. He belongs to us. My mother-in-law is looking after him right now. We come as a team, we come to serve and we come to love on everyone who we come across. And we can only do that when we stay close to Jesus. And as my wonderful wife says, Jen, keep oil in our lamps. Let's not be found without oil in our lamp. Let's stay burning in this dark, dark world because it is dark. What I find interesting is this. The world has never had so much access to information and yet it's never been so lost. So it says to me that information in of itself is not what sets people free. It's the truth. Because there's so much information, yet the world now looks like what it, I thought it would look like in 50 years' time. Everything's moving quickly, right? It's like being on a platform and the platform moving towards the train.
1: <laughs>
0: like things that we thought were going to be happening in 50 years' time, they're happening right now. So we have this opportunity to be Christ-like in a community where we can reach the people. I like to encourage believers. Okay, I know that some of you may travel with your work and some of you may not live direct in, directly around Bishop Storford, but you live in different areas. What I often say is this, find the location of your church and draw a circle of a mile radius around it and change that and then let that spill into the rest. Change that. Jesus didn't travel too far, by the way. He didn't. And so often we feel like if we get on a plane to go to a different mission field, God will move differently there. There's only one God, one true God. And he moves the same here as he does there. I've just been in in Mexi- uh, Mexico, Honduras in January, and I have seen some great things. And then I was in, New Zealand last month in Australia and I've seen some great things and just before that I was in Austin, Dallas, Houston and before that I was in Miami and before that I was in Johannesburg and Cape Town and I get around and I'm here in Durban in Durban? It's a word from the Lord, don't judge. Just give me a minute, let me download that. I'm just kidding. I'm here in Bishop Stafford and it's the same God that's going to move on these streets. The question is, will you allow him? Yes. Now, who said that? You. You sat there. We paid you to sit there. <laughs> the question is, is this being recorded? <laughs> oh God, I'll stay here. Okay, I was going to be all over the place then. Okay, the question is, God is moving. My question is, do you want him to move through you? You see, because whether whether you allow him to use you or not, he's still using people. My question is, let's just get in. Let's get fully submerged and let's just jump into the river, lift our feet off the ground and let him take us where he wants to take us. Rather than clinging on to comforts, clinging on to the things that don't inconvenience us and run, run with Jesus, run into everything he he has for you and let's turn this county upside down and lift it up to Jesus. Let's see the lost come into the kingdom of God through the truth, through ambassadors, reaching the lost it's incredible what God can do one of the things I want to talk to you about today is how how we as believers typically send our prayers to places we don't want to go or we send God to places we don't want to go God go and heal that person hang on why don't you go lay hands on them and watch God move through you I wrote a book it's called Dare to Share here it is. That was a beautiful little segue, that wasn't it? I wrote this book, Dear to Share. I released it about 10 weeks ago and it's to help you, the believer. If you're a believer, it's to help you. It's to help you get all that beautiful God stuff in your head and all that beautiful God stuff in your heart. It's to help you get it out of your mouth because faith doesn't come by hugging it comes by hearing, hearing of the word of God. And when you speak the word, the word goes forward and accomplishes what it sets out to do. So I want to help you. Let me read you some of the chapters, or should I say some of the titles? That'll take some time, wouldn't it? One of the chapters is called The Value of Your Own Story. You have a story, and it's valuable. You don't have to be an ex-cocaine addict, alcoholic, self-harmer, living on and off the streets to be used by God, you know. You can be raised up in a Christian home, never took drugs, never smoked, never took alcohol, never missed church in your life and still equally have the same powerful testimony. You see, because the testimony is not that I was a cocaine addict and I was an alcoholic and I was a self-harmer and I was suicidal and I had two failed suicide attempts. That's the details. The testimony is you And me were both in darkness. Now we're in light. We were hell bound. Yes, I've said it. And now we're heaven bound. We were in the darkness. Now we're in light. We were in lies and chaos. Now we're in truth and wholeness. That is the testimony. It's not that you have been homeless. Yes, that may be part of it. That's the detail. So you have a powerful, powerful story. And this book will help you put it into words and share it and initiate conversations. Another chapter is called Transforming Atmospheres. Another chapter is called A Different Kind of Power. And one of them is called, the ninth is called Do Not Worry. It's interesting. We say we don't. We worry about our kids. The very first day they go to nursery. We worry about them when they go to infants. We worry about them when they go to secondary school. Uh, Infant school. You know when you put the uniform on them and they always look too small and too young to be going to school. We worry. Then they go to university. I wonder if they're right around people. Then if they pick the right occupation. We tend to worry. And worry is awful. The definition of it is to be torn in two. And what's divided won't stand. This book will help you it's a cast out worry. It's over there if you want it after the service. Now let me get into the word of God. The second service is always great because the, the guest minister can go over by 40 minutes. So it's fine. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it guys, that we make plans directly after the service finishes, presuming God's not going to move. <laughs> it's interesting, right? What time service finished? One o'clock. What time we booked our table for? 10 past one. It's interesting, right? We expect them to move, Whoa, but not too much. Why am I even saying this? I'm sorry. God, God's speaking through me. It's a global problem, not just a local problem. I've got to go. I've got meat in the oven. You have little faith. Why is it even in there? Was you not expecting God to move till 6 p.m.? Do you see what I mean? It's time we allow God to be God and to completely disrupt our life, Amen. completely disturb our normal. Who was here for first service? You're in for a treat because second service is gonna be nothing like it. I can, just, I can just sense we're gonna go somewhere else here, I think, but we're gonna endeavor to do it in love. I want you to know that God is moving mightily all around the world, all around the world. I have a great scope of what's going on. I travel extensively. I was sharing with First Service. I've done 36 flights this year. I don't just mean little flights to Europe. I mean long-haul flights, 36 of them. I get a scope of what God's doing all around the world. And I'm telling you right now, he wants to do it here. And if he's not already, he will, providing we say yes. Providing we say yes. Because he'll use people who want to be used. Trust me. He'll use the players, those who are in the game. He will use those. He will use those who are on the pitch. I'm telling you right now, he will use them. And if you want to stay on the subs bench, he'll leave you there. I'm telling you, he'll leave you there. Unless you stand up and say, God, use me, you'll just be in the crowd. And I want you to be used by God. And I want you to be used by God from right now, right this moment. Because what I've noticed is this. Those who are partaking, stay positive. And those who are spectating can become quite cynical. And I want, and I've seen this. I've seen this on the TV back in 1995 when Everton, I like getting this bit, this story out, when Everton won the FA Cup. Back in 1995, okay, it was that long ago, Wonderwall was in the charts, okay? 1995, 96. And one of the Everton players who used to be a permanent fixture in the team, he was actually injured and didn't play, wasn't even on, well, he was on the bench, but he was injured and he, were they going to play him or were they not? He didn't play. But Everton won the FA Cup. I believe they won it 1-0. Paul, uh, Paul Rydell scored a header. And they interviewed this player who didn't play, but Everton won. He's an Everton player, contracted. His salary's being paid by them. He wears the blue shirt. He's blue through and through. And Everton won the FA Cup. And they interviewed this man who who was in the team, but didn't actually play that game. And you wouldn't think they won at all. He was like, yeah, great, great game, great result, you know. You know, yeah, it's nice to bring some silverware back to Goodison Park. The man looked as miserable as sin. Why? Deep down he's really happy that it's going on. But he just wanted to be part of it. He wanted to be on the pitch because there's winning and then there's watching people win. I wanna be winning, not in an arrogant way. I wanna live victorious in him winning, doing his work and not watching people on the pitch. I shared this story with you the very first time I came, I think. I went to swimming bats when I was five years of age with the school, the infant school. And they took us all to the swimming bats, big Olympic-sized swim pool. On the other side, there was a viewing, you know, mezzanine floor with all chairs. And I could see my mum. I was only a kid. I was this big and I was there in my little trunks probably just stepped in the veruca bowl and back out and walked across. You know what it is and I'm stood there and I'm shaking, shaking like this and I could see the water and all my classmates were there and there was a a lifeguard on the other side, other side of the, the pool and he's walking up and down and he's telling us, these kids, me, five years of age, he's telling us how to get in and how to get across and how to get out without going under and staying on the right, Like some instructions for life here. Like don't go under till the bubble stop. It never ends well. So just, you're going to get in here. You're going to go that way and you're going to get out. And he was going on and on and on and on. And right in front of me is where I could partake. Right there, right there. And this man's going up. And my mother, she tells the story. She said, she lent to a complete stranger. She said, he's going to pop in a minute. Meaning me. Sitting there, my mum said she could see it come from my feet. I was like this, like this, like this. And I just shouted across the pool, will you just let me get in? And that's what the kingdom's like. You can stand and listen to instruction until you are blue in the face or you can just declare right now, will you let me get in? Will you let me jump in and do what I can do? However you do it, but do something. You see, because too long we've been too spiritual. And you say, Andrew, well, what do you mean? This is heresy. No, let me tell you what I mean. Let me tell you. I have another hour, so let me really break this down. Bro, you don't have to look at your watch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> let me tell you what I mean. We can be too spiritual. Oh, let me pray about it, brother. just, no, just help them. Oh, let me just, you know, let let me pray about it. How often do you pray about that? Let me pray about it as I haven't got time. We have everything we need to be the most fascinating people on this planet. We must be the most fascinating. We have life, life in abundance. We have truth. We've been set up. Apart from the world system but we're in it but not of it and I'm telling you right now when we partake in his work in his mission something rises up in us and it turns this Christianity into a force it turns Christianity into an exciting walk with the Lord because let me tell you what I've noticed Spectators seem overcharged and underwhelmed. They seem overcharged. Gone to church for forty years, forty months, forty weeks, forty days, and we must come into this yoke, y- yoke ourselves to Jesus, following Him. It's really. Really exciting and challenging. It's really challenging and exciting. I was in Cape Town five years ago in a place called Nyanga, right by the airport, Google it. two. And I had a kidnap attempt on my life. Very interesting. Five o'clock in the morning, these 10 or 12 men tried to breach the compound and they were looking for me. I was easy to find. I was the only white kid within 10 square mile. Where is he? Where is he? They were coming for me. It was the most exciting moment, one of the most exciting things of my life because, you know, I knew I needed God's protection, but I really knew it then. Oh boy, I knew it then. I could see them looking over this big 10 foot wall, looking for me. I really needed God's protection then. And a friend of mine, Robbie Dawkins, he taught me how to get revenge. Revenge, go back and win more souls, so I took my wife back with me, and we led loads of prostitutes to the Lord, loads of drug dealers, loads of murderers to the Lord, very exciting partaking, we didn't flee, we went back, more so I took a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl with me, <laughs> and we're going to go and win souls, devil will not push us out of town. We must be partakers in this kingdom. You see, the devil doesn't care how many Christians are in Bishop Stouffer. He just cares that they don't open their mouth. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. A believer that doesn't open their mouth is as effective as a non-believer it does. Do you see what I'm saying? We have to open our mouth and tell people the truth. Who he has been set free by Jesus. Wonderful. You heard the gospel, right? You heard that you could be set free. I did. 33 years of my life, I was walking around, broken, lonely, isolated, semi-successful in the world. That's okay. The small construction company did okay, but I was broken inside. I was broken. I was like this little boy, broken, striving, striving for acceptance, and buying my lo- buying love in a sense of buying people, get you know, just all of this kind of stuff. Broken. Broken, And then when someone like you say told me about Jesus, my life changed. What I find interesting is Jesus has always been there, right? In the beginning was God and the word was with God. Jesus is the word of God. John 1, the word became flesh. Jesus has always been there. And if he hasn't, he's been there longer than 14 years at least. And what I find interesting, Jenny, is he didn't save me until I asked him to. Right in the middle of my brokenness, right in the middle of my brokenness, suicidal, used to cut myself with knives, used to peel the sheets off, dried blood, mess. Right in the middle of my brokenness, he was always there. Patient, long suffering, desiring Andrew Cannon did not perish. He has come to seek and save that which is lost. That is everyone who's not found. Everyone, like that big uh, high street picture John put up a moment ago. And it was only when someone like you told me or someone like you, had told me the truth, I accepted it, but I didn't know it until you told me. Sounds quite complicated, right? (laughs) I didn't know the truth until you told me. And then, when you told me, I accepted it and I was set free. Can I try and make this a bit more complicated? Because I think this is too easy. Let me think. I didn't know the truth until someone like you told me. Then I accepted it and he set me free. Not difficult, right? My question is we can talk, everyone can talk. I've just heard you all worship and it was lovely in this beautiful presence of God. We can all talk. My question is what do we want to talk about? We have to live this life spiritually. Remember I said we can live too spiritually, but we also have to live physically. We have to live in the flesh, not the flesh rain. We live, this is the flesh, right? Like I am here, right? I'm, I'm here. This is flesh. Thank goodness it's calmed down a little bit. I got burnt on this, man alive. Crikey, it was hot. It's hot. The fair you come down south feels like I'm in France. Better manger around here, bro. Go, for, go past that waffle gap. We only have Greg's. But we live in this flesh, but not of the flesh. So why am I saying sometimes we can be too spiritual? Because so often we want to send God to places we won't go. We send God to places that we don't want to go. Like, for example, our next door neighbor. Now, am I saying prayer is a bad thing? No. Of course I'm not. Prayer is a wonderful thing. But if you can actually be the manifestation of your prayer, go and do it. What does that mean? You've got a next door neighbor who's sick or you've got a colleague who's sick. Yes, pray. Continue to pray for them, but don't ignore them when you walk past them because you're praying for them. Does that make sense? Like, the oh, idea I better avoid them because I've been praying for them. No, get your hands on them. And if they object, that's okay, continue to pray. You see, the reason why it's important that we physically position ourselves in places for God to use us is this. If it wasn't important for us to be present in the room, why would God bring Jesus? Why would the word become flesh and the flesh dwelt amongst us? It's important that they saw him, they seen Jesus walked as God as if He was not God, and walked as Jesus as if He was not Jesus, so to speak. He walked in the flesh, but fully God and fully God in the flesh. And we have this as ambassadors of Christ Jesus. We can walk and be the representation of the full God, in the flesh. Everywhere we go. It's incredible. I've often said this. And my father-in-law's heard this many times. He, Jeff and Chris, Chris, my mother-in-law, they're in our house. Often, and we love it. We continue, what they carry is, is awesome. Jen's had a privileged upbringing. She's been brought up in a God-fearing home. But Jeff's heard me say this number of times. I have never led anyone to Christ without telling them about Christ. I haven't. I've never led anyone to Christ without telling them about Jesus. My question is, how on earth are we going to lead people to Jesus without telling them about Jesus? Now I know if one of you wanted to take me to KFC, you'd have to tell me what KFC we're going to. You'd have to give me an address so I meet you there, right? Why don't we give people Jesus so they meet him there? It's very simple, honestly. It's getting to the point now where I feel like I want to maybe step out the office of an evangelist and just tell pastors, in a sense, because I, I've got nothing new to bring and I've done the rounds now. I think I've I've got like a, gaz- a gazillion air miles, if that's such a thing. And like, there's just one message, just one message. Christ crucified, us resurrected in new life, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation to God, you and me, filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go and tell them they get saved. They come to church. They go and tell people, boom, one big Holy Ghost party. Simple, you would think. Let's move physically. Physically. And spiritually, you say, Andrew, but well, what do you mean? Are you telling me to flog myself? Like, it's not about works. Well, yes and no. Faith has two aspects. It has a sound. Faith, come, faith comes by hearing. Audible, right? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing of the word of God. And faith without action. Faith without co- a corresponding response is dead. Faith without a corresponding response is dead. Faith. Without action is dead in us. This is quite a hard word. I'm sorry, it was much easier than the first service. It really was. Why am I saying this? Because a friend, that, well, it was, I guess he was a friend. I've met him a couple of times. I've, I've spoke to very briefly. The late evangelist, Ryan Harbonke. Awesome. Who said yes? Awesome, right? I actually answered the call to full-time evangelism in Lagos, Africa, when Reinhard was preaching his last message in Africa. I was there this close to him. And when he, when he literally when he was wrapping up his last message, the Lord spoke to me. and said, go home and leave your job, which, was, which I did. I had a great job. I was a test driver for Range Rover. Crikey. My joyriding skills took me right to the top. Go home and leave your job. So I did. But why am I saying this? Because God God wants to use each and every one of us where we are. Yes, I answered the call to full-time evangelism in Lagos, Nigeria, and I've been there a bunch of times since, five times. But God wants to use us here everywhere we go And he wants to use us physically and spiritually. Jesus walks down to the shore and he says to Peter, cast your net on the other side. Well, first of all, he asks Peter, can I have your boat? I shared this last time I was here. He's asking for something physical. Now, you know and I know Jesus doesn't need the boat, right? Give me something physical and I'll demonstrate to you. You give me physical and I'll do spiritual. Spiritual. Jesus says to Simon, Peter, give me a boat. Jesus gets on the boat and starts to teach the people from Simon's physical boat. You and I both know Jesus could have walked out on the water, right? Give me something physical and I'll do something spiritual. Jesus teaches the people. Then Simon gets in the boat and Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. Does Simon look at the net? Does he look at it, look at Jesus, and just go? Or does he pick it up? So does he does he cast that net spiritually, or physically? He picks up the net, he picks it up, and he physically throws this net. Physically throws it, and then God does, Jesus does something spiritual. Do you see? They come hand in hand. Too often we can sit on our hands and on our faith and say, God, go and do it. And Jesus is saying, I will. But will you come with me? I'll go and do it. Sorry, cameraman. I'll go and do it. But would you come with me? Jesus is saying, bro, I'll go and do it. But would you come with me? You see, because this is a partnership, right? He's our king, he's our Lord, he's our saviour, and we follow him. Rule of thumb, brother, right? Rule of thumb. If we're following someone, right, Stuart, rule of thumb is there in front. We don't say, hey, Jesus, come, follow me. He says, come. Come. Follow me. And the problem is, unfortunately, sometimes we do follow him right past the point of inconvenience, right past the point of where we have to deny ourselves. But more often than not, we cling on to the pole of convenience. And all of a sudden, Jesus is now down the high street and we're clinging on. He says, come, follow me. He wants to do it, Jenny. He wants to change Bishop Storford. through you. Through you. Amen. Amen. I've never high-fived such a beautiful lady in my life. (laughs) He wants to do it through you. You're not getting away with it, you know. Don't even try. Through you. Crazy, right? Because you know you and I know me. And Jenny knows herself. And yet he still chooses us. Through you. I know that God's been speaking to you. And I feel like he's just bringing you right back into that precious presence of him. I feel like you've cried a great deal, wept. And I just want you to know that he's counted them. He is not done with you yet. Get ready. You've not even sniffed the cork yet for what God wants to do in your life. Get ready. You either want it or you don't. If you do, let's get this thing on and run with Jesus. Only you can do it. He's done it. Now you can do it. Okay. I'm telling you guys, he is incredible. So we have this physical I'll be done in two. No, two minutes was an out-and-out lie. (laughs) I didn't mean to tell lies. It just came out. What I meant was about four minutes. (laughs) Literally, I'll be done in four minutes. There's a man who's paralyzed. And four people, tells us in the Bible, four people pick him up. So there's five involved now. There's a lame man, paralyzed, and four other people picking him up. Now, did they look at that stretcher? Or did they pick him up? They picked him up. Four of them, bro. Four of them. All in agreement that if they did something physical, God will do something spiritual. So they picked him up. And they took him to the house. The house was so full, they couldn't get to it. So they look up. You can imagine the poor fella going, really? <laughs> really? I mean, no one, no one realises what he was thinking. He's like, you've got to be joking, right? We're going up there. Just <laughs> ratchet strap him to it. <laughs> we're going up, fella. See, signs and wonders follow those that believe. That man mightn't even have believed. But the ones who were carrying them did. So they take him to the house and they get to the house It's full. They can't get in. So they look up. They take him up onto the roof. More physical work. Physical work, getting him there. Physical work, getting him on the roof. They did roof. There's no hole in the roof. They have to rip open the roof. Physical work. They got him there physical. They took him on the roof physical. They ripped open a hole. Physical work. There's the God man down there. Jesus doesn't come up. The man goes down. More Physical work. Are you saying, Andrew, I've got to run around and bear myself out? Absolutely not. I'm just saying you're his hands and feet and we need to move. So they lower this man down and Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus did something spiritual after physical work, physical work, physical work, physical work, spiritual, physical, back on his feet, out. And that man's now going to do spiritual work. Please, for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of the community that you live in, roll up your sleeves. Can I ask, one way of demonstrating that is fill in that form. Get it full. Fill it. Today. I declare that I'm gonna be a volunteer in the kingdom of God, and John's not gonna sleep, sleep John's gonna sleep very well tonight because he's got too many on his volunteer board. You're not volunteering for him, you're volunteering for him, and you're saying, I'm here, I'm gonna do it. God, you've got me in Bishop Storford. you got you've got me in your plans. I'm gonna do whatever I can. I'm gonna do the physical so you can do the spiritual. Here I am. God Use me. You've got to be very careful when that happens. You don't know that's the Lord saying stop or, or, more, Lord, or more, son. I don't know. Guys, listen. 33 years of my life, man, I was lost. 13 and a half years I've been saved. Incredible someone like you simply trusted the truth. Let's get this thing on. Let's move in the flesh and in the spirit. Let's position ourselves for God to move through us as ambassadors of Christ, as if God himself was making his appeal through you. You. Now, I double pointed at you just to make sure you knew it was you. And what happened is what happened to my sister on the front here In first service, you smiled so much, your ears moved. (laughs) Let me tell you why. Because there's something in that truth that God used you, God used me, that cannot help put a smile on our face. Because we know intrinsically, we want to do those work. We want to work with him. And your ears moved. I've seen them pop out your hair. (laughs) Who wants to be used by God? Amen. Can you stand to your feet? Father God, I ask you and I ask for your help. Jesus, I ask that you move mightily through each and every one here at Community Church. I pray for the leaders. I pray for volunteers. I pray for all the staff, the board of trustees. I pray for everyone, Lord, that we all just come in low. We come in low and we lift you high. I pray, oh God, that this community church Community Church Bishop Storford will go into a season of soul winning and discipleship making. I pray, Lord, just as Peter cast his net and it says, goes on to tell us that the boats begin to sink. In another another passage, it says the nets began to break. I pray that Community Church Bishop Storford on the other side of your yes goes into a season of net breaking, boats sinking miracles, signs and wonders in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, God bless.